Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up today on KWCX at 4, designer Christy Proctor-Hurst shares what she's been up to in Waco since her time on TLC's Trading Spaces. Plus, Hispanic Heritage Month. Celebrations continue in Central Texas. We're sharing the details about an event happening tomorrow. And one astronaut is breaking records for his time spent in space. We'll tell you his story. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Lauren Westbrook and meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. We're starting with some exciting news today. We're doing our first ever contest right here on KWTX at 4. We love a contest. Yes, sure. yes, Giganticon is back for year two, taking over the Colleen Civic and Conference Center on September 30th and October 1st. This weekend, long celebration of heroes features hundreds of exhibitors showcasing comics, toys, collectibles, and some incredible art. Plus, there will be cosplay contests and celebrity guests. Starting tomorrow on KWTX at 4, we'll be giving away family four packs of tickets. You'll want one of those, and we'll announce one winner each day through next Thursday. If you're 18 or older, sign up to win at kwtx.com forward slash contests. All five winners will be contacted about how to get their winning tickets. Each family four pack has a $70 value. Some really cool things in that video. Excited about that. All right, now let's move to our daily four for today. Rupert Murdoch, who has assembled a media empire that includes Fox News, is stepping down as chairman of Fox Corporation and News Corp. His son, Lachlan Murdoch, will become sole chairman of both companies now. The elder Murdoch made the announcement Thursday, today, in a memo to employees. He wrote in part, the time is right for me to take on different roles. However, he added, quote, for my entire professional life, I have been engaged daily with news and ideas and and that will not change. He's 92, a media mogul, and stepping down just months after Fox Corporation paid $787 million in a defamation settlement with Dominion Voting Systems. That suit was related to lies Fox promoted on its air about the 2020 presidential election. The company faces another $2.7 billion lawsuit from Dominion competitor Smartmatic. And apparently there's been some parallels in the media lately. Right. So, all right. If you watch the show, The Morning Show on Apple TV, spoiler alert, close your ears for the next 20 seconds. Okay, they're closed. All right. So, <laughs> Ear muffin, yeah. identical happened on the show, wow. literally, that came out yesterday. And when I saw this this morning, I thought, whoa. What's imitating what here? Are we in the matrix? What what is going on? Ooh, are we are we scary. in the algorithm? But no, it, this literally came out yesterday. Dropped at midnight, and then today we saw this news. It's very similar situation. Of course, it's fictitious, but it just was too coincidental to me. 
I don't know. It's just, it's just very strange. But yeah, I mean, he, this man has been in power uh, for so, 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 so long. Everyone knows that name who knows anything about media. Uh, and even if you don't, you know Rupert Murdoch. So uh, interesting change. But yeah, at the age of 92, I think he's probably realizing, okay, let's let's see what happens. Still in the family, though. It reminds me of Succession. If you watch the show Succession mm -hmm. too, uh, there's always that struggle. Who's going to get it next? And who's going to take the power? Um, and so we're seeing that happen. But we'll see what happens and how the next generation does. All right, now it's number two in our Daily Four. Talking about working out. So experts say people who work out in the morning are less likely to be obese. Listen to this and see what you think. This is according to an analysis published in the journal Obesity. There's a very specific time they mentioned too, not just morning, but people who do moderate to vigorous physical activity between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. are less likely to be overweight I'm than so those. I'm so glad you didn't say 3 a.m. No, no, <laughs> no, but less likely than those who work out in the afternoon or evening. And again, seven to nine. If the morning group has a healthier diet as well, but also spend significantly more time sitting which research shows can lead to other negative health risks. So you're thinking about folks probably who have maybe an office job or something and they get that workout in the morning, it's part of their morning routine, and then maybe they sit. But you know, you're know, getting your morning started well and making good food choices, what else can you do? I mean, you work out later, I don't know, you run around, chase the kids later after five. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that's interesting, that, that two hour window, because we look at a typical American work day, we think like eight to five, right? Eight to nine to six, whatever. We have weird schedules. Yeah. We're all over the place. And <laughs> yes. a lot of folks work nights, so they work overnight. So mm -hmm. I think it's what is your nine to seven? Like when is your I'm just up and ready to go? When is that time for you? And maybe that's how you translate it into your into your work day. I know but, everybody's different, but uh -huh. I personally have a much more productive day if I do it first. Absolutely. Even when yeah. I was doing the morning show and you have to get up really early, which yeah. we've all done. Yeah. If yeah. I did a little bit of something before I went in, I was gonna do more the rest of the day and be more mm -hmm. productive. I, I'm yeah. not a night workout person. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, you and I were working out pretty consistently. We need to get back on that. Let's go, Camille. <laughs> you, did, you did mornings. We're good. We did we're good mornings. power walkers together. Yeah, we didn't do seven and nine, which maybe that's our strategy that we need to change, but yes. uh, we did a little bit later, so maybe yeah. we'll just bump it up a little earlier and go on from there. I think as long as you're doing something that it's better than nothing, but if you're trying to find that peak time of day, that's what they say, seven and nine. That's number three in our daily four. All right, two major food chains are facing lawsuits over their beverages. The second one is going to sound a little familiar, but first let's talk about Starbucks. They face a consumer protection lawsuit over their refresher line of drinks, saying they are missing the ingredient they market the most, the fruit. The drinks are questioned, uh, they're on the line, they have talked about like things like mango dragon fruit, mango dragon fruit lemonade, pineapple, passion fruit, pineapple, passion fruit, lemonade, strawberry ICI, strawberry ICI lemonade. Do you mm -hmm. see a trend here? They're talking about fruits in there and they left out um, some of the main ingredients. The two men named in the lawsuit say the drinks did not have mango or passion fruit or ICI in them at all. They say they would not have paid a premium price for the drinks had they known some of the missing ingredients of the fruits were Again, they were missing and they were advertised there. Starbucks said the allegations were inaccurate and without merit. The company wanted the case dismissed because it says the drink names refer to other flavors, not necessarily its ingredients. A federal judge disagreed and the case is going to move forward. 
Well, that goes to, you know, pumpkin spice, too. There's not actual pumpkin in your pumpkin right. spice. Hate to sure. break it to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, if you see those refreshers, some of them do have actual fruit in there. I mean, they, they do have pieces. I've gotten them before. They're good. They're, they have pieces of fruit. I guess that's the ones in question that maybe are a little bit harder to get a hold of. Maybe they're more expensive, but the flavor's there. So I don't know. That's going to that's gonna progress in court. We'll see what they decide to say. You know, with uh, all these companies having transparency, you know, you talked about the Fritos and the Doritos, like mm -hmm. the air versus the chip, like the projection, yeah. you know, we've had labels come out and say, yes, the product is the same price, but the quantity has gone down. I don't think a little transparency is a bad thing. No, definitely not. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, we love to sue in America, don't we? Because <laughs> there's another food chain lawsuit that may sound familiar to you from McDonald's. They're once again getting sued after a customer allegedly burned herself after spilling hot coffee and this this happened before according to this lawsuit though an elderly woman alleges she was served a scalding cup of coffee with an improperly attached lid from a mcdonald's restaurant in san francisco as a result the coffee apparently poured out onto her lap after she tried drinking it causing severe burns the lawsuit also alleges the restaurant employees refused to help her but in a statement mcdonald's ceo says that the employees and management spoke to her within minutes of this happening the ceo also says that the company is reviewing the claim in detail if it feels like deja vu it is mcdonald's previously sued they were sued in 1992 after another woman suffered third degree burns after spilling coffee. She was initially awarded nearly $3 million, but later settled for roughly $480,000. Earlier this year, a family was awarded $800,000 after a toddler was burned by hot chicken nuggets, also served by McDonald's. That original, that 1992 coffee story, I remember that well, I was very young, but I was a part of a journalism group and we looked into that story because I think we as the media may have failed that woman we kind of made fun of her for suing over hot coffee but she had some serious injuries so yeah and I feel like if my memory serves and it's not great but I feel like at that time they changed the standards and practices at McDonald's to lower mm -hmm. the temperature of the coffee so the cap was much much lower so scalding wouldn't happen I mean hot coffee still gonna get you Maybe you have more, you know, delicate skin if you're a little bit older. And maybe in this case, I'm not sure exactly how old this woman was, but they did change things to avoid this in the future. Yes, and that first woman had to go through quite a, a bit yeah. medically because of what happened. If well, you look 30, at the details, 30 years later, yeah, um, and they haven't had any other ones since this, as, as far as the mm -hmm. coffee goes. So maybe they're doing something right there, but hopefully she'll be okay. We'll we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah. We'll watch that. And as let's look at number four in our daily four, Amazon's Alexa is about to bring generative AI inside the house. The company introduced sweeping changes yesterday to how its voice assistant both sounds and functions, making it more human-like. Listen. How did my soccer team do yesterday? Yesterday, OL Rain won 1-0 against the Portland Thorns. Did it sound she sounds the same. She sounds the same to me. <laughs> the company announced a generative AI update for Alexa and all Echo products dating back to 2014. An Amazon executive claims it feels just like talking to a human being. I guess we'd have to hear more of the conversation to be able to judge that. But Alexa will be able to resume conversations without um, awake words. So she just can start talking to you. Ooh, she I don't can like that. Respond quicker. Yeah. Learn user references also field follow-up questions and then change its tone based on the topic. Ooh, is she going to get See, a tone with us? I don't know if she's going to get sassy. Attitude? Maybe she gets more, <laughs> maybe more somber depending on the subject matter, maybe sure. a little bit happier. And Alexa even will offer opinions. Now, I don't know about that. 
Alexa. Generative AI <laughs> refers to a type of artificial intelligence that can create new content, including text and images in response to user prompts. Amazon did not disclose when the updates will make their way to all products. Um, the updates come as Amazon tries to keep pace with this new wave of conversational AI tools that have accelerated the AI arms race, if you're going to call it that, in the tech industry. And uh, we've seen it reshape what consumers expect through their tech products. I mean, it is kind of everywhere now. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there's a way to adjust. I mean, I think humans are really adaptable, so maybe we can get used to Alexa talking to us this way. I don't Do know. Do you all talk to her? Uh, I don't talk to her. Do you I don't, talk to her? I don't talk yeah, to we her have one, but we just like ask her to play certain music and stuff. But now with no wake word, I mean, I know she's already always listening, but that wake word was kind of nice to say like, hey, Alexa, join the conversation. But now can she just like randomly have her share her opinions in your conversation? <laughs> That's going to well, be what interesting. What if she has really strong sports opinions? That's going to cause some broken Alexas. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think just the idea of the tonal inflection and the attitude and the, and the responses, I'm curious to know how that sounds. I want to have a convo with her before I pass judgment. Welcome back. Today we're talking about a new segment we're starting here on KWTX with four, all about interior design and how it can impact your mood, your rest, and mental health. It's called Personal Space. It's a new project we're excited about and we'll talk about it more in a moment. But first, we want to hear more from the talented designer who'll be leading us on this journey. Let's say hello to Christy Proctor Hurst and thank you uh, for being here. We are glad you're here with us. Glad to partner with you on this. I'm it's, excited. I'm excited too. And some of you may recognize Christy from the show Trading Spaces, which aired on TLC from 2000 to 2008, also Discovery Home, I believe. Um, but Christy, give us a bit of your background. When did Waco become your home, or has it always been? No, I came to Baylor in 1984 and never left. I, I was one of those that got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just started working and it ended up just moving forward from there. Yeah, and uh, you know, to remind our viewers, can you tell us a little bit about Trading Spaces and your mm -hmm. role on that show? So Trading Spaces were two sets of neighbors, trade houses for two days. You get $1,000 and you have an obnoxious host <laughs> in the middle of everybody's business. And you each home got a designer. And so I was one of the cast designers. I think I think I did close to 100 episodes wow. in the time that I was on there. Wow. So we had Trading Spaces and Trading Spaces Family. We had both shows. Yeah. Okay, so um, when you look back in those days, what are your most vivid memories? I mean, I bet there are many, but what are some that stand out to you, two or three? Well, knowing me over time, it's all about the people to me. And so my favorite are the kids. We had some really fun ones with the kids, you know, really fun uh, with Trading Spaces Family. But, but thinking back on rooms, I was able to do some crazy stuff that most people won't let you do. Like, like I didn't do the silk flower ten or six thousand silk flowers on the walls like Hildy did, but I did do like you know the the plaster falling off the brick and the burn paper sack wallpaper. I got to do some stuff like that. Really creative stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it is a show after all. Let's let's show something, right? That's the point. Right. So um, when you think about that experience, what did you take away from that the most as uh, as a person and as a designer? You know, that show gave me a lot of confidence. Um, I'd already been practicing as a, as a designer for years. You know, I, I started Spice with Jennifer. We had all of the things going. Um, but it, I think what it did is it gave my customers more um, of an ability to go out of the box 
because of the show. Does that okay, make sense? Absolutely. I think opens their minds to some new things, and maybe they think, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, but it actually does look pretty good. I like that, right? It gave them more trust. More trust, more mm -hmm. trust for sure. So let's talk about what you've been doing since then. Mm -hmm. um, for those who don't know, tell us about kind of what's been going on since the show ended. Since the show ended, um, I've had uh, worked in the interior design field in Waco through different ventures. Um, the last seven years, I've had my own shop downtown little hiatus in between we've now moved up by Seronia on Austin Avenue and we have full-blown interior design and all the bedding and I started a bedding company called Moon Rain and so now I've called my shop Moon Rain and it's R-E-I-N like a horse <laughs> like the reins on a horse. And speaking of which you kind of uh worked on giving us a little freshen up on our on our couch here, adding in some new color, which we'll show here in a second once we come back. Uh, we have our purples and our silvers, and you've got a little, what color is it specifically? This is like be. a jade and a teal. Okay. It's two different colors. Oh, yeah, you can flip it over, and it's two yeah. different things. Very, very pretty. And it's what I think about is great about these is it is so soft. I mean, it it's is. so soft, and it's real cozy, and it just kind of flops on you, and it gives you a it little It does. Hug. It's And that's my design philosophy is it's about the feel yeah. almost as much as it's about the look. So these are, these are almost better than gravity blankets. I mean, I actually I like that that term because we don't want those weighted blankets, but this kind of does the same thing mm -hmm. without actually weight on it. And you. being that ugly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, did that's, I say that out loud? No, I did not hear anything. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> we mentioned that this show is called, you know, Personal Space, and you've seen, you know, all kinds of homes, all kinds of decor. Um, what does it mean, really, truly, for our mental health to have a home we're truly comfortable in? Oh, so much. Um, if you look at the psychology of color, you know, even the food industry pays attention to that. Remember when McDonald's first came out, everything was orange and gold and yeah, they were the colors of the time, but they didn't want people sitting in those seats for very long. They wanted them in and out. Think about restaurants like um, the old steak and ale and had the, the Tudor feel and the old upholstered walls and the luxury. They wanted you to sit there for a while. So your space, your color, your textures, everything affects your mood and, and what happens in there, that area. Speaking of that, you know, after you've transformed a home, what kinds of feedback have you gotten from some of the customers, clients you've worked with? Because I know they come like family to you and I'm sure they tell you, but I mean, better rest, mood improvements, what have they seen? More of an expression of themselves. A lot of times people can't see what their personality really looks like. You don't, we don't look at ourselves the same way. We're really hard on ourselves. And so I've had several, many say, you know, I, she gets me. So she's, she's helped me express myself. And that's my goal. I don't want anybody to come away going, oh, I got a Christy Proctor room, Christy Proctor Hearst now room. I, I want them to have a room that reflects them. Yeah, and how, you know, we, you know, you and I have talked about this because we've already kind of worked on some pieces coming in the future, mm -hmm. um, but how do you truly understand what it is that a customer wants? How do you go through that process? So the process for me is if I don't really know the person, then a lot of times I'll say, hey, let's see your closet. And you can tell a lot about color from a person by the clothes they wear. Now some people are, oh, I only wear black because they're afraid to wear something else. But uh, their clothes say a lot, the way they live, if they have pets, all of those things are important. And also, are they traditional? Are they um, more, more stiff and formal? Or are they more laid back and everybody's on the couch together? Those are huge things to learn. For someone who's looking at careers and possibilities, you know, what would you say about design to someone thinking about going into this you know, as, as, as a job, as a career? I mean, because it seems like the relationship is, is crucial to really getting somebody what they want. It is, and if you're thinking about becoming an interior designer, look at the fact, look at how you interact with people. If Are you emotionally attached to people? Do you, are you empathetic? Can you really kind of get a feel for what they need and what they want? 
If you can't, then you can still do design, but you might do a different aspect of design. You might do more uh, technical stuff. So there's different fields of design, but finding your spot is important. Okay, very good. So there's much more to come after this. We'll be taking a, a kind of advantage of Christie's interior design knowledge and learning a little something together. That's right. Well, we're back with designer Christy Proctor-Hurst, and we know that creating a new space or reimagining an existing space in your house, it can be kind of daunting, but you're going to show us some baby steps baby on steps. how to take that on. So we have a lot of things to look at here. Where do we start? So I always start with the, the big one, mm -hmm. the big pop, and okay. a lot of things now are wallpaper oriented. And so choosing the colors based on, say, maybe you have an accent wall or you're doing a bathroom or you want to do some wallpaper in the kitchen. Always start with that. Okay. And then you can go from there and you, that where, that's where you can kind of start deciding textures, colors. You can go anywhere from something a little more masculine to a little simpler. Okay. To yeah. even a little more feminine. Okay. Depending. I think that a lot of people are afraid, I, I would be afraid with us not being an expert, to mix patterns mm -hmm. and mix designs, but there's a way to do it elegantly. Yes. How do you figure that out? You know? So yeah, so the, the great thing about this one is it's a pattern, but it's not a competing pattern, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Sure. It's basically tonal. Okay. And so you're giving yourself a little bit of texture that pulls out the pops here. Same thing with the velvet. This one's a little scarier because it's got the, the tassels and the mm -hmm. textures and things, but the colors work. Mm -hmm. And so if you can feel color, if, if you can train yourself to kind of feel color, then it works. If not, you gotta call me. Yeah, that's right, okay. <laughs> so we talked earlier in the last segment about, you know, looking into your closet, if that's the case, mm -hmm. and finding the colors that work for you. So after that's kind of step one, then step two is is getting a wallpaper that works, if that's what you're gonna go with. Right. And then building patterns on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, you know, choose the feel of the patterns? Obviously, there are lots of different types of design out there, different periods we're working with, different motifs. Um, you know, how do you pick what's next? The to me, one of my favorite places for people to start is on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a Pinterest account, make boards. Mm -hmm. And go through the boards and save the pictures you like, but make sure you put notes under each picture. Yeah. I like this picture because I like the couch fabric, not because it's the whole room. Or if you like the whole room, write that down. But then you have those boards that you can share with someone like me and go, this is, this is where I'm headed. If, start, if we're starting with the wallpaper, I mean, people might be afraid of a really bold pattern. Are we talking about one wall here? Can they do more? Is it up to them? You know, what do you think? Yes, uh, yes, yes, and yes, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Give me freedom, whatever, whatever you can handle. Like yeah, okay. whatever you can handle. Even if somebody is just kind of like a white wall person, mm -hmm. I bet there's some way they can integrate a little bit. A little bit of. So mm -hmm. what what should they do there? I mean, what so a really fun way, if you want to incorporate a little bit of wallpaper, but you don't want to commit to a wall. If you have a bookcase in your room, okay, that's so a good way. Yeah. especially like a living room, you have the bookcases with the blank backgrounds. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to put the wallpaper on the bookcase. You can use poster board, yeah. put the wallpaper on the poster board, and then put it in the back, and then you can change it out. Yeah, and so then from there we're getting our. So this can be this could be um, a pillow. This right. could be upholstery for a right. chair. Right. Right. So really, I mean, we're just kind of blending the fabrics that work. And then mm -hmm. when it comes to pillows, I know you're a fan of the pillows, mm -hmm. and these are really cozy ones. So show us these real quick. They're more neutral, I noticed. They're so, kind of more just so solid. So this one is more neutral, mm -hmm. um, but it has a, a little accent pop, mm -hmm. a little ceramic pop on the, which pulls all the colors in. Mm -hmm. This you can turn it around and put it in any room of the house. It doesn't have to be the turquoise. Okay. Then if you get something like this one, 
Oh, that is cool. Okay. A lot more color. And then if you want to add a personality to it, like on this one, we have the buckles. This is, is this, did someone win a rodeo for this one? Let's see. I've got to look at, let's flip it is over. Is it Erath County? Oh, is it upside down? Yeah, let's go get it. This is Erath County. That is so, did you get this someplace? Or did so someone... I have a friend that actually makes them for shows. Oh, and these great. are samples she <laughs> okay. had left from that the shows. Works. Boy, you really get creative with all of it. Really, really, really do. Okay, so that's great. Then we have some of our, so what are these yeah. gonna be if we're so, picking these things out? So these are solid. So okay. say you're in, you've got one wall, you don't wanna go crazy with pattern. Let's pick a really fun solid in the teals, Pretty, uh -huh. the greens. That's your, especially on a sofa, mm -hmm. that's a great place to, to, to build a layer yeah. and then pop patterns on top patterns, of it. Patterns and colors and personalizing it, making it fun. I can say walking into some of the, the rooms you've done, they're definitely fun and you definitely get a great feeling from them, so, so that's great. Uh, we have lots, much more to come with Christy Proctor-Hurst all through the fall and the winter. We have some great ideas coming up and we're gonna share those with you again. The segment is called Personal Space and we'll be getting that, I believe, next, next week or two. So look for that coming up. Thanks for being here. Thanks. The celebrations for Hispanic Heritage Heritage Month continue in Central Texas. We will hear about two events coming up in just a bit, but first we want to welcome Andrea Kosar, the president and CEO of the Central Texas Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and Rosa Rodriguez, my new friend, the owner of Antojitos Centro Americanos. Thank you both for being here. Now, Andrea, last time you were here, your team was moving into a new location. How is the new spot and how can people find you? It's been really exciting. We're at 25N co-working downtown on Austin Avenue. So we get to be surrounded by small businesses and nonprofits every single day. And on top of that, we have a large community to serve here in Waco. So we're pretty central between two of our key areas, which are LaSalle and 25th Street as well. So it's been great. Thanks for asking. Of course, and it's a nonprofit. Who does this organization reach and help? We are all about champion, championing local businesses all across Waco, um, no matter what the background is. And of course, we have a huge heart for the Hispanic community as well. Of course, it's in the name. Yes. <laughs> and you have an event coming up? Yes, we're really excited to partner with Antojitos Centroamericanos to have a Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. And that's gonna be this Friday on September 22nd at 5.30 with plenty of good food and fun and music and just gathering with everybody. Oh, it's going to be a good time. Now, Rosa, your restaurant opened its doors in 2018. Can you share more about the heart behind your business and why you're here? Well, um, Antojitos is star um, because we see the need in Waco uh, that don't have any, uh, Sp the Spanish people that don't have any where they go eat, uh, Central America food. So. Um, when uh, when I start, you know, I see the the uh, Spanish people coming in, and I say, wow, you know, we see the need. Que um, need it. Yes, so. and we're not just talking about Tex-Mex. We were having this conversation before the segment, uh, uh, Andrea. We're talking about all kinds of different foods that uh, she's tapping into. Absolutely, I think everyone who has a Hispanic background can relate to some piece when they and feel at home when they walk into Antojitos Centroamericanos. You have flags from all over. You bring in different Central American countries and South American countries. It's just, it's fantastic there. And you both, we have to say it, Paraguay and Honduras. Honduras. Those yes. are the backgrounds that, uh, for your families, so, so beautiful. How do you feel about hosting this Hispanic Heritage Month event, Rosa? Well, I feel so happy and excited about it because it's something uh, I was waiting for a long time. You know, and more uh, being 25th Street, you know, be um, 
you know, it's a, a place, you know, it's a lot of uh, Spanish people. So I feel so happy for that and have a, uh, Andrea yes. in the the perfect place for the Hispanic Heritage Month celebration. Yes. yes, congratulations. And it's happening at your restaurant. You're working with the chamber. Yes. Um, what else is the chamber putting on this month that you would like to talk about? Yes, every month we do a Cafe Pan Dulce. So we bring in the community for networking and just really connecting with our team and for us to get to know so many community members here. So we'll be doing that at Suit City on Austin Avenue, a Hispanic owned business. Uh, we're really excited for that. And that will be on the first Friday of next month. And then we have our trunk or treat coming up as well. Yes. That one's been a really fun one for us to get the community engaged and also bring in vendors and local businesses to participate too. I can imagine a lot of artists get involved there. There's such beautiful art around Halloween time <laughs> and Dia de los Muertos. It's very cool. And there's the information on your screen right now, the floating Mercado. And that has been a success over the past couple of years, right? Yes, that's been a great way for us just to show support for local businesses from their when they're starting as a seed business and as they're growing in their journey. So Floating Mercado is really exciting for us and we've been doing Trunk or Treat really as just a way to engage with the community and so last year we decided to merge the two and we had a great turnout. We had hundreds of families, everyone was happy, we had plenty of candy and we're looking to do the same this year. Wonderful. Rosa, is there any, I have to ask you just because of your restaurant, do you have a favorite dish that people may have not tried before if they're not familiar with your culture favorite dish that you like to make or serve um something um i love everything <laughs> <laughs> uh, my popular uh we got um pollo frito con tajadas mm -hmm. uh we got baleadas empanadas and um tamalitos and pupusas you know so that's the Oh, I can't wait to go visit. I gotta check it out. It sounds delicious. Everyone needs to come to the party. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so let's get the information out one more time about when and where it is. Yes, September 22nd. Uh, yes, Antojitos Centro Americanos. Uh, we are on 25th Street at 1409 North 25th. It'll be Wonderful. at 5.30. At 5.30. There is a yes. QR code on your screen right now where you can learn more about what's going on. We appreciate your work in the community as always, Andrea. Thank you. And it's yes. so nice to meet you, Rosa. Nice. I'm excited nice to for you. you. Yes, thank you. All right, we'll be right back. This has been a Rogue Media Network 